Great form by you hitting play on this podcast. Now, check out Same Racer, the brand new racing app for Same Race multi-tips. Same Racer. Download from the App Store and Google Play. Powered by Bluebet. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. Sports Day with Peter Vlahos for Kia, the eight-seat Kia Carnival, a grand utility vehicle. A uh, big night for the Perth Wildcats uh, tonight. If you're intending and you're a loose end and you'd like to go to H uh, or RAC Arena, then get behind the Wildcats uh, this season. You can head to tickertech.com.au and pick up your ticket. Now, great to hear Dawn Gleeson, the uh, wife of former Wildcats coach Trevor Gleeson, on the run home. Of course, uh, a special night tonight. Everybody's going to be dressed in pink for the Breast Cancer Care Charity. So... Uh, Enjoy it tonight, and all the funds go to a great cause. Let's talk about the big sporting event currently that uh, is everybody's talking about right around the planet. Uh, the World Cup is certainly up and running at Qatar. I know there's been a lot of issues away from the football pitch. As far as we're concerned, we concentrate on what is happening on the football pitch. And everybody following the three Lions is getting a little bit excited after their first group match. They beat Iran by six goals to two. Their next outing is Saturday morning, three o'clock our time, when they take on the United States of America. A man that follows English football very closely. After all, he played over 500 matches in England and, of course, represented his country with distinction and was in the 1982 World Cup squad. I believe I've got him off the golf course because he loves his golf these days. Peter With, good afternoon to you. Good afternoon, Peter. How are we? Very well. Did you hit them straight today? No, I wasn't playing. I was just making sure the people uh, adhered to the rules. So I was <laughs> doing the old uh, marshal and making sure they done the rules uh, right. Beautifully done. Beautifully done. Uh, I know you love your golf, but of course, your deep passion has always been football. Uh, I know we caught up at the Woodvale Tavern and had a little bit of a panel show before England's first outing against Iran. And I think nobody in their right mind would have expected uh, England to score six goals that night. What does that say about the team? And what does it do for the combination ahead of their second group game now against the United States? Well, I think that the way that they actually went about the, uh, the game and certainly the way that they played, and you're right, I don't think people just thought, because I, I predicted it was going to be 3-1, so for them to get 6-2 and double the score that I predicted was a was tremendous. It just shows you the depth of players that he has got in his squad, you know, with Saka in the team, and I think that the way that they... They went. You you can always come unstuck, and you only have to look at Germany, and you only have to look at Argentina. That if you don't go out with the right attitude, then in this competition you can come unstuck. And England went about it in the right way, um, conceded two goals. But when you can consider that you scored six, that was a tremendous achievement. I felt. You mentioned about a couple of the young players like Saka and Co, who uh, is a revelation, there's no question. There seems to be a nice blend of youth and experience in England, but also there's a bit of speed there up front, isn't there? 
Well, there is, because if you look at the two wide players and you look at Sterling and you look at uh, Saka, they've got a bit of pace about them. They, you know, they, they're good on the ball, dribbling with the ball. And, of course, the pace, once you get it over the top of the uh, defenders, then their pace certainly comes into play. And uh, what happens is with that situation, the teams that play against them, Will, will end up dropping deeper and deeper because they're frightened of balls over the top and then beating them for pace. Um, and then what you can do and what England uh, have done very well is they close people down in their half of the pitch and put them under pressure. Well, we haven't seen Brazil yet. Of course, they're still to play. Their first match is against Serbia at uh, 3 o'clock tomorrow morning. So we'll see Brazil for the first time. We'll see Portugal for the first time. We've seen Argentina and we've seen Germany. So, And they've both been beaten after going in front through penalties. So even though it's very early in the tournament, should the English supporters feel pretty buoyed about their chances in Qatar? Oh, I would think so. I would think that, you know, uh, when you look at them with the teams, and this is what supporters will look at, they'll look at some of the, you know, like Argentina's reputed to be one of the favourites, Germany reputed to be one of the favourites, and then all of a sudden them come unstuck. Um, And then, you know, you're a bit buoyant about that because you're thinking to yourself, well, really, if you lose your first game, you've actually got to go out and, and win your next two, to be perfectly honest. So I think that the pressure will, will be building on them sort of teams. Um, so it'll be, it'll be interesting to see how they go about their second games. I think that the USA, um, they will sort of come out with regards to trying to uh, win the game, of course, and will that play into the strengths of uh, the England team with regards to as we've talked about about the pace that they've got, and it'll be interesting also to see if he, if he changes the tactics or if he changes the formation of the team because you normally, you know, I played under a, a guy called Brian Clough, and if he had a winning team, it's very rare that he changed that winning team. So it'll be interesting to see if Karasalke decides that, OK, for this match, maybe we need to change things. Uh, you're taking me on a bit of a tangent here. A lot has been said about Brian Clough, the late Brian Clough, who was a manager like no other, really. Can you give us a bit of an insight whether he could still manage in 2022 or was he one of those managers for that generation? Now, it's a bit, you know, when people say that about managers, and I think that Brian Clough is one of them unique managers that I played under, and Ron Saunders was of a similar ilk, with regards to them coaching at this level, they would not change anything, really. I mean, I see, someone showed me a quote the other day that Brian Clough made, and I know he had lots of quotes, and it was like, um, well, this team looked good on paper. And Brian Clough says, it's a pity because we play on grass. <laughs> so, so these are the sort of quotes that he sort of has. And he, the other one that he used to do was uh, very good was he, someone asked him a question, well, do you take information in from your team and your, and your players? And he said, yes, we sit down and we all discuss it and I listen to what that information and then we realise that I was right and they'll do what I tell them. <laughs> so he was, he he was such a character. 
He was, and I think that he's, um, you know, for what he achieved at provincial teams, if you look, winning the championship at Derby County, winning the championship at Nottingham Forest, winning the European Cup twice at Nottingham Forest with provincial teams, and no, none of the big boys. The sad thing about it, you know, the, the saddest thing, he should have got the England job. He should have been England manager, and we wouldn't have had to wait since 1966 to win another trophy because he was renowned for getting teams and it wouldn't matter to him if you were 16 years old or 40 years old. If you were doing it, you would be in the team. That's as simple as what he used to, his philosophy was. Yeah, very entertaining, Peter. I really enjoyed actually a bit of a, yeah, a character reference there on Brian Clough, uh, the man that he was, because he, he does go down in English folklore as one of the all-time great managers, as you said, that never took charge of his home country. Saying that, you played in a World Cup 40 years ago, 1982, and we're seeing the event now in, in different surrounds in Qatar. But when it comes to the players... A World Cup is a World Cup on the pitch, isn't it? And the glory is there to try and uh, gain. So regardless of what's happening outside the stadiums, the most important thing is what's happening inside. Well, I think the, 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 you're, you're right. The most important thing is what's happening on the football field. You, as a squad of players, should be... 100% just concentrating on the game of football and getting the results that are required for you to progress in this competition. Everyone wants to win a World Cup. And unfortunately, there's some teams, um, you know, we're not gonna, it's not going to happen to. But when you look at this tournament and you look at some of the teams that you think, oh, well, that'll be a, a little bit of a walk over for them. I mean, you only have to look at Belgium playing Canada. Everyone would say, oh, and I predicted that Belgium would go through to the finals because of mm. the, the side. And yet, when you look at that game, they were very fortunate to get through that game. So, you know, you, you concentrate 100% on your football. And as a manager, as a coach, uh, you get them players to just focus on one thing. And the, the focus is, is you've been selected for this tournament. Give it your all and play to the highest of your standards and the highest of your capabilities because we want to progress as far as what we possibly can. Pete, final question before we let you get back to the 19th there at the golf club. Uh, can I ask you your thoughts <laughs> on the Australians? Uh, they were beaten 4-1 by clearly a, a more professional and certainly better combination. Did, can Australia take anything out of that game as they look ahead now to Saturday night against Tunisia? Well, I think that's really, you know, when you're playing against France and you're playing against a side that have the sort of quality that they have and all the players playing in the, in anywhere in Europe, then you are, you, you've got your backs against the wall, really. I think that the most important thing is for them is to, what you try to do as a coach and as a manager is that you try to put that at the back of your you know, and just say, right, that's we've got that one, and unfortunately, we lost the game. We've got to concentrate on the next game. And I think what they should should be doing is thinking to themselves, yeah, we've got a chance. We're playing against Tunisia. Um, you know, so we need to just go out and try and win the game. And I think that that is the important thing for them 
is to try and get a result. Because what, you what you're trying to do is you're trying to bounce back from sort of situations like that. Mm. And all these can take heart. They can take heart with realising that, hang on a minute, what happened to Germany? You know, what happened to Argentina? And that's, you've got to look at that and think to yourself, they can be upsets in, the, in this game. And I think Australia have got to concentrate on that and figure to themselves, right, next game, let's go out, let's go and win the game. Good on you, Peter. Lovely chatting to you, mate. Thank you very much for your time. We appreciate it. You are certainly in your time an outstanding footballer and uh, you've still got a deep passion for the game, even though you live in the down un uh, land down under these days and I know you're enjoying your lifestyle down here in Perth, Western Australia as well. We'll keep in touch and thanks for your time this afternoon. It's a pleasure. Thanks, Peter. Cheers. Good on you. Peter with uh, joining us, uh, star striker for Aston Villa in his time. As I said, scored Aston Villa's most important goal in the club's history. 1982 European Cup final, now known as the Champions League, the European Cup Champions League final. He scored the goal that made Aston Villa the uh, top team in Europe. All right, uh, we're about to go to Tab Touch now, and he does it every morning, I guess. Get on, on social media and I see David Short from Tab Touch giving his uh, thoughts on the upcoming World Cup matches. Shorty's going to join us uh, in just a moment. But let's just uh, quickly update what's happened in sport for our friends at Tyre Power. Of course, Tyre Power have got this uh, great offer on at the moment where you buy three and get one free on selected Falcon all-terrain tyres at your local Tyre Power store. Just repeating, Sheffield Shield, Western Australia victorious. They beat New South Wales by 133 runs and sit nice and pretty and undefeated at the top of the Sheffield Shield competition. Uh, the Australian PGA uh, got underway in Brisbane today and fans flocked to see Queensland uh, and L Live Golf star Cameron Smith do his business. He teed off at 6am this morning and there were hundreds watching the world number two. And in the World Cup overnight, it was Morocco and Croatia with the goalless draw. Japan beat Germany 2-1, a 7-0 demolition by Spain of Costa Rica and Belgium, just that one goal win over Canada. As I said, he's been very busy during the World Cup on Tab Touch. You can see uh, his forecast and the latest markets uh, on social media very early every morning. We're talking about David Short, who's burning the midnight oil. Shorty, a very good afternoon to you. I'm no orphan, Pete. I was tuned into your very, very slick work there last night uh, on <laughs> SEN, calling the big game between Japan and Germany, and you were all over it. It's almost like you had a crystal ball. Uh, you were just predicting that, uh, look, this game's not over, and lo and behold, Japan, with an absolute flurry late in the piece, came home all over the top of Germany to win 2-1. Well, thanks for listening, Shorty, because it's pretty late and I'll be heading in again a bit later this evening to do Uruguay and South Korea. And you've got the markets uh, for the games coming up overnight on Tab Touch. I have indeed. Yeah, the first game, only half an hour will go away uh, roughly from now. Switzerland, Cameroon. Switzerland heading 172. The draw 350. Cameroon 520. Uruguay, South Korea. They're our very own Peter Vlahos calling all of the action there. $1.70 Uruguay. The draw 355. South Korea 525. The midnight game, Portugal 132. They've been poleaxed in betting here. A stack of money for them. They're in all of the multis. Uh, the draw 520. Ghana at 950. And the final game sees Brazil $1.42. 
The draw 450 and Serbia 750. Pete, I can't wait for that late game. Brazil, with a couple of the real tournament heavyweights making a statement early, namely England and then Spain overnight, I'll be really interested to see what Brazil bring to the table uh, later on into to tomorrow morning. Yeah, it will be a good game because I reckon Bobby Despotovsky's favourite uh, nation, Serbia, will do OK as well in this tournament. Uh, tonight, a very big night. 6.30 tip-off. It's Perth Wildcats against the Adelaide 36ers. Uh, of course, it's the Breast Cancer Care Night. Everybody's going to be dressed in pink. Can the Wildcats get it done, Shorty? And what's the market for the NBL tonight? Yeah, they can, Pete. The money's been really strong over the last hour or so. 152 into 148, the Wildcats. 36 is out to 263 from 255. That line's gone out from four and a half to five. So all the money for the Wildcats to win and win well tonight. There go the Cats. Shorty, uh, I was uh, looking and listening to the Racers WA podcast and Lockie Taylor said that he felt uh, the tradition was with the railway stakes, but when it came to the pinnacles, it's the winter bottom stakes that is WA's best race. Do you agree with him? And speaking about the winter bottom, of course, it's day three of the pinnacles on Saturday. Yeah, I don't know if I agree with him. I love the railway stakes personally, but that's no knock on Lockie. We've all got our favourites in life, and he's a winter bottom man. I'm a railway man. That's OK. <laughs> uh, Rockfire, heads up betting, uh, heading into the winter bottom. 460 out the 480. Valana, six and firm. Elite Street, six and firm. This will test has been back at long odds. 15 into 10. Palili, nine to 11. Miss Contiki, 11 and firm. And the astrologist is there as a $12 chance. Cracking edition of the winter bottom. Really looking forward to it. A couple of other listed races there. There in the Serenus Lestia Santorio, 275 heads up betting in front of all the King's men and Bampier play. And in the listed scale cup, it's pure devotion at 215, a very popular favourite with William Pike aboard. And as we let you go, you've got all the latest markets on the World Cup, courtesy of Tab Touch. How can people access it, Shorty? Uh, they can head to tabtouch.com.au, but if they are doing so, be sure to do it responsibly. If you like a punt on the World Cup soccer as well, I've been putting up my multis each and every day there under the Tab Touch exclusives bet with Shorty. Same as we did with the footy throughout the course of the season. Keep an eye out for those if you like a bet on the World Cup soccer. Good man. Thanks, David Short, and we'll keep in touch. Cheers, Pete. Those with the touch, choose Tab Touch, better your bet, and download Tab Touch today. As Shorty says, gamble responsibly and call Gambler's Help on 1800 858 858 if you need any assistance or someone to talk to. Speaking of talking to people, we'll speak to the interim chairperson of the West Australian Cricket Association on the other side of the break. Avril Fay joins us here on Sports Day. Sports Day with Peter Vlahos. For Kia, the eight-seat Kia Carnival, a grand utility vehicle. When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So, we doubled it. Chicken and Macca's together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only.